Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Trading for Life Redeemed. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my father, David Jackson. And today we are continuing our series as we work through the book of Joshua. Today we're up to Joshua 19, Dad. And throughout this whole series, you've been talking about how every part of the Old Testament points us forward towards Jesus. Uh, This whole chapter, though, is about tribes and stuff that have disappeared, really. Uh, They're not existing at the moment in particular parts of Israel with their land allocations. I know Israel technically is there, but it's not these tribes. Uh, We don't even know where some of these places were back then. So how does this then help us with the gospel? How do we go with this whole big description of land being divided and tribes and, you know, let's let's start with Simeon. (laughs) Simeon's good fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, when you... When you start off with this concept that Jesus took the disciples through the whole Old Testament and showed them it was all about him, when we first heard that, people sort of looked at our professor and said, you're kidding, and he threw out the challenge, okay, pick a part of the Bible, show me, you know, open it up, and uh, I'll show you how it's got something to do with Jesus. Well, of course, we go to this sort of stuff. Uh, We've just got this what seems like a random list of unpronounceable Hebrew place names. And when you go through the, the research, you don't even know where some of them are. And so it's a fair question. What's this got to do with Jesus? And I think Simeon's a really good example of how to do that because Leah has four sons and three of them get disinherited by J- Jacob. And the last one is Judah and Jesus is going to come through Judah. So we're all, we all know we're going to follow Judah. It's going to lead to David. That's going to take us all the way down to Jesus. Judah's no problem. What do you do with these other guys? Simeon. Simeon went into Shechem and slaughtered all the fellas in Shechem with his brother Levi. Jacob disinherits him. And now we're in the promised land. He's not supposed to get any land. And his brother Judah looks across the table, as it were, and says, well, hey, hey, brother, I've got all this massive block of land down here in the south. Uh, just move in with us. And the end result is Simeon basically merges with Judah. And when it comes time for Israel to go into exile and all these terrible things happen and the northern tribes walk away from Yahweh, Simeon's part of Judah. He gets saved. <laughs> The guy that, you know, Jacob didn't love and didn't care about and got upset with, he gets saved because he goes into Judah. And so you've got this little model of, A, God redeeming a broken family where brothers are pitched against brothers, and then you have God taking this homeless son and bringing him into the territory of the one who will be king. Um and so you're going to follow this area here all the way through to Jesus. So how cool is it you get to be invited, you know, to be part of the, the line of Judah, even though you're not? Yeah, okay. So Simeon's lucky. He gets to join <laughs> Judah. Judah's been really nice to Simeon. They must have, you know, as a large tribe, I mean, I imagine they're both quite numerous at this point, uh, to have mm. had the elders meet or something and going, hey, you can come and join us. Mm. That's lovely. So they're part of the tribe of Judah leading to Jesus. They have five other tribes. 
what happens? How do they link to Jesus? Yeah, these five. You sort of got to feel sorry for these five because they, you know, we've we've given the southern land and the hills and all that sort of stuff to Judah. Then you've got the middle area that we give to Ephraim and Manasseh and Benjamin and so on. Um, and now these fellas, five tribes are going to fit into an area that's probably, I don't know, about the size of Blacktown. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not a big territory that they're getting. Might be Blacktown and Penrith combined, I don't know, but it's not big. And you're doing nearly half of the nation of Israel's crammed into this tiny little area. And you think they're getting the short end of the stick. But as you follow the story through, what what the five tribes end up with is all the land around the Jezreel Valley. And the Jezreel Valley goes, and the, most of the roads go north-south, the Jezreel Valley goes east-west. And it's your main road between all of Asia and Africa. So you've got the roads coming in from Europe and you've got the roads coming in from Asia and they're all heading down this coast through Israel. Israel's like the big toll gate for three continents and they get the toll gate for Asia. <laughs> and they've got the coastal bit as well, which we call today Lebanon, and, and they're, they're right up there in this area. And it's the most fertile, huge valley, so it looks really good. But what it's done is it's taken... You know, all the southern tribes, they're, they're, they're pretty much isolated from foreigners. They're up in the hills. You know, if, if the foreigners want to march up and down the highway on the coast, you just go up and stay on your farm up in the hills and wave at them as they go past. But if you're up in the north with these five, the, these armies are going to march straight through the middle of your corn patch uh, and they're going to take your cattle and your sheep and anything else on the way through. So they're being put right in the face of the foreigners. And that's a frightening place to be. So later on, one of the prophets calls, I think it's Hosea, calls Jezreel the Valley of Slaughter. Uh, this is where all the big battles are going to happen. Um, it's where, you know, where people like Saul get killed and Gideon fights his battles. So this is the area where Israel faces all the big cat nations in the area. Uh, and so it's called Galilee of the Gentiles. And when you come to Jesus, Jesus is born in Judah because he's a Judah fella, but he doesn't live there. You know, they go and live in this area where these five tribes are. Nazareth is right up there in the north. Um, Capernaum is in this part of the world, and that's Jesus' safe place. How ironic is that? <laughs> the safe place is right on the frontier where all the foreigners are and the dangerous places down south in Judah <laughs> with the temple and, and so forth. So Isaiah does this. Isaiah makes the connection between Joshua 19 and Jesus, you know, a thousand years after this. He says, um, there'll be no gloom for the one who was in distress in former times. So this, is a, this is an area where there's lots of scary stuff going on. He made light of the land in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, and he later will cause them to be honoured. The road west across Jordan, the circle, 
that's the word Galilee, of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Light will shine on those who live in the land of the deep shade because a child will be born to us, a son will be given. So you've got all this, what we call that, that Christmas province about the child born in Bethlehem. Yeah. But the focus is on Galilee because this is the scary place. This is the circuit. This is the darkness. And Jesus is going to focus his ministry there. So it's as if you've got the, the last and the most, I guess you could say, unjustly treated, put in the most dangerous place, furthest from the temple, and that's where Jesus spends most of his public ministry. And it's because the gospel is going to go from there to Asia and to Europe. This, this, is, your, this is the setup uh, for gospel mission. So we're going to stake our claim on it. The one I feel sorry for is Dan. <laughs> Funny about that. <laughs> and yet you named me after him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an interesting Although Probably boy. a different Dan, I think. Different Dan, I think, yeah. <laughs> but this Dan, he gets this, like a tiny strip of land uh, near that goes from Ephraim Benjamin and heads west. So he's sitting on this beautiful dairy farm country and he's right opposite the Philistine main base. So the Philistines are constantly coming up that valley, the Agilon Valley, raiding all of his farms. This is where Samson grows up. So the Danites are looking at that going, A, we don't fit in a valley this big, uh, and B, the Philistines are beating the tripe out of us because they've got iron weapons and we're still running around with copper ones. So they head up north and attack some poor innocent you know, unarmed village and take over territory at the foot of Mount Hermon. Um, that's, they're the furthest north from Dan to Beersheba. Uh, they've abandoned what God allotted to them and they're up there in the mountains. Uh, and you think you're right on the edge of um, all the superstitious gods and everything else. And that's where Peter tells Jesus, you are the Christ right in the middle of Dan's little bit of territory. <laughs> um, so it, it's like we're setting up a, a chessboard ready to play the gospel game uh, in years to come. You've got to follow these guys. <laughs> They're all going to end up with Jesus. <laughs> well, Jesus does a bit of a, a tour through all each, each one's land, right? <laughs> he sure does. He crosses it this way and that way. It's, it's amazing. Well, Dad, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. If you are listening and you would like to grab the study notes that go along with this episode, please head over to tradingforliferedeem.com slash 45. You can grab everything there with the show notes. You can watch the video there as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you could leave us a review. And, of course, make sure that you subscribe and come back and join us next week as we continue to work through Joshua and we look at Joshua chapter 20. So we'll see you then. Thank <music> you.